and welcome everyone to KSQD Santa Cruz at 90.7 FM. I'm Patrick Hart and you're listening to our show, What To Be, where we interview inspiring people and highlight their careers. What To Be is a program provided by Your Future Is Our Business, a Santa Cruz County nonprofit that helps students explore careers through programs such as college and career expos, panels, and other work-based learning activities. Please note that the views and opinions expressed in this program do not necessarily represent or reflect those of Natural Bridges Media or Your Future Is Our Business. The information provided during this program does not reflect its career in its entirety. And today I have the pleasure to speak to Justin Barrett, who's a jade sculptor. Hey, Justin. Hey, how's it going? Hey, pretty good. Thank you very much for taking the time to help us do this interview. I really appreciate it. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. Thank you again. Justin, would you mind briefly describing your career journey for us? Sure. When I was a kid, I was a surfer and some local surfers that I looked up to used to be really into jade and they uh, kind of took me jade hunting a couple of times and uh, gave me some access to some tools to, to work on the rough stones. And it just took me by the hand and led me into a lifestyle that created this uh, passion for art and sculpting stone that I find in the ocean off the coast of Big Sur. That is really cool. And it's kind of interesting how we met a couple weeks ago. I was riding my bike down the coast of Big Sur and I saw you and I thought to myself, that is so cool that someone's diving off the coast of Big Sur because you don't typically see it. And so I asked you a couple questions and you, you know, you explained that you were diving for Jade and that you make jewelry and you turned me on to your website and what you make is, it's pretty incredible. Would you describe it as like contemporary Jade jewelry or yeah in a sense i mean i i definitely make some traditional style jewelry like stone earrings that are really thin lightweight slabs of jade but my my passion and what i do is is creating more kind of contemporary or artistic wearable sculptures like pendants and every once in a while i do a larger piece but most of the time i kind of focus on the the stuff that's that's portable something you can wear or use mm-hmm. and I guess how did you how did you learn how to carve jade because that's a it's a pretty hard stone right yeah jade's a, a really hard stone and you have to use diamonds and other really hard substances to cut it you know i i learned by watching a couple of the older guys in my area um, there was a really famous jade sculptor named don Wabber who's uh since passed and he was kind of an ins- a huge inspiration actually for for me and a couple other guys in the area because he was bringing in large stones and sculpting them into big pieces. And through talking to him and old rock hounds and other people, I kind of learned a couple of, of techniques to start working on stones, but that pretty much grew out of those fairly quickly and started trying to experiment on my own. And, you know, jade carving is one of those things where if you learn a little bit, it just opens you up to have to learn more and every, everything you do is, is constantly learning. And so we've started creating the need for specialized tools by trying to push our, our, or push my limits as a, as a jade carver, trying to do more intricate carvings and then realizing there was no tooling in the, in, in my access to, or in my universe to be able to do that. And so I had to learn to, to make tools to fit the needs of what I was doing for my carving. And it just created a trial and error process that, that led me to where I am today. Did you have any idea when you were younger that this would be something that you would 
that this path would be something that you would be on? I had no clue. I thought I was just going to surf and, and work in a restaurant. And, and uh, I was always an artist, but I, you know, would draw with pencil and, and paper and not think too much of, you know, that I would ever be doing the art for a living. Yeah. So, so after high school, did you end up, did you go to college or did you just, um, you were working, which turned into what you do now? You know, high school was kind of one of those things where it was the end of the road for me. And I, you know, started, started my life's journey of working and kind of doing the adulting thing pretty early. And so it was more of a way to kind of keep myself occupied. You know, I, I, where I guess most people were going to college, I was working and, and surfing every day. And that was kind of all I did and, and was just, you know, paying rent and doing, doing life. And I needed some, some kind of a hobby that was, that I could do when the surf was no good because I would just sit there bored and, and kind of restless, you know, and just always being an ocean kid. If the, if the surf was flat, I wanted to be in the water. So diving was kind of a, a thing I would do, you know, anytime the ocean was calm. And then when the diving was bad, I didn't know what to do with myself. So I started picking up, you know, seashells on the beach and, and drilling holes in them and making necklaces. And pretty soon a couple friends of mine came and said, Hey, why don't you drill a hole in this piece of jade and, you know, maybe try doing something with it, you know, and gave me a couple of pieces and that kind of started my, my interest. I think that's really neat. And is it something that you started doing like by yourself? I mean, there must be a little bit of, um, you know, just because Big Sur is a pretty rough coastline, right? Yeah. I mean, there, there's a pretty broad area that jade can be found. Um, it's more concentrated in some areas than others, but I, I had a couple friends through the surfing community that, you know, were, were pretty entrenched in it. And they were the guys that, that, uh, kind of took me under their wing at first and said, Hey, why don't you come down here and try this? And, you know, we went to a couple of different beaches and, you know, had, had some luck. And then, you know, at one beach, I had a, a, some really good luck and I found a nice piece and it kind of, it sparked something in me that started to planted a seed that started to grow, so to speak. It must be really great to be able to go out in the ocean and to find something and turn it into, you know, a piece of art. That must be just a, like a very fulfilling feeling. I think. Yeah, that's amazing. It's definitely amazing. And did you mention that you, you help teach uh, Jade Carvers? Is it just Jade Carvers or maybe novice jewel, jewelry makers too? or uh, Not so much. My, my skill set as far as making the traditional type of jewelry is pretty limited. But I do... I do teach jade carving because that's kind of where my, where my strong points are as far as um, what I do. And I just, I like to help people get um, acquainted with the tools and the process so that they can, they can start to hopefully express themselves through, you know, the stone if that's what they want to do, or also to help kind of create a wider, a wider spread net of, of the uh, Western jade carving culture because for a long time we were fairly limited in our access or our exposure, sorry, to the, uh, to the outside world as, as West coast jade carvers were just kind of not really a thing except for the, the one old guy that we knew. Well, yeah, it's, it just seems like there, I mean, I'm not surprised that there's not a lot of you, I guess, just because some people would be just concerned about diving in that area or, 
something like that. It's definitely hard work. <laughs> yeah. But, you know, there's probably like a sense of adventure to it, right? Oh, absolutely. It's, it's, a, it's a new adventure every time. Like never, like really knowing what you're going to see out there. I could imagine you might have some, do you have some scary stories, you know, about um, yeah, like I mean, sharks? I think every, every diver is, is scared of seeing sharks or mm-hmm. intrigued by seeing sharks. And I've, I've seen a couple over the years. But they're not my they're not my favorite things to see. That's for sure. No, for sure. What about like whales or anything? Um, so far, you know, the big the big animals that I've seen up close and personal while diving were you know dolphins and big uh, elephant seals, and you know most of the typical coastal fishes and a couple of sharks. When I was younger, I, I had a gray whale come up to me when I was surfing and be you know fifteen to twenty feet away in shallow water. Scrumming oh man. <laughs> And that was that was really cool. Uh, I I bet just seeing <laughs> just seeing anything that's like as big as you when you're in the ocean. There's something that's kind of intimidating about that, right? Oh yeah, it makes you feel very small. Yeah, you know when you're teaching people, is this something that that people could hope to to be able to generate enough income to support themselves doing? I mean, anything's possible. Mm-hmm. The the consciousness like overall of Jade in, in the world right now is, seems to be growing more than it was 20 years ago when I started. Even 10 years ago, it was, it was a lot. It's, it, in this area anyway, it seemed a lot less uh, prevalent. Sales were a little more further and far, farther and fewer between. And, uh, you know, it seems like people are starting to appreciate what we do more so as an art form rather than just like... Um, some trinkety hippie jewelry that I think it started out as we used to put, you know, drill holes and stones off the beach and put them on leather cords and then, or, you know, hemp cords. And it was kind of a, I don't know, it was kind of stigmatized a little bit, but over time, you know, we've kind of created a little more of an understanding that this is an art form. And I think people are rising to that, to meet that, to meet us at that point, you know? Yeah. And, you know, I was telling you before the interview that, I, you know, I've mentioned meeting you and that I was going to be interviewing you to some friends and, you know, um, a few of my friends are like, oh my gosh, you know, my, my wife loves collecting Jade and her and her friends are really into it now. And it, it seems like it's becoming a pretty popular stone to collect for different reasons, right? Like, I think, is it like a, you know, like a health thing or maybe it's like a, um, like a good luck charm in certain cultures? You know, in, in every culture has its kind of own definition. Uh, any, any jade, you know, uh, culture has any, uh, many definitions for what jade is. A lot of it say, a lot of them say it's a fidelity stone. Um, it wards away bad spirits. Uh, you know, they call it the stone of heaven in China. Hmm. Um, and it, I think it just overall, it just has an amazing energy. It's really a, a grounding, a grounding stone for me you know, kind of help, like help me throughout my life, stay a little more grounded and, and on a good path. That's so cool. And I was going to ask you, what kind of person do you think would enjoy getting into this line of work, you know, going out and diving in the ocean to find Jade and turn it into jewelry? You know, I mean, I think anybody who wants a sense of adventure, the, the diving is the fun part. The turning it into jewelry is, is kind of a, a hard one process, you know, it's, uh, it, it takes a lot of time, a lot of energy and, you know, um, a lot of planning and tooling and just time, 
it's a, it's a practice in being present, you know, and just sitting with yourself for many, many hours to create one piece. And just that is potentially hard for people these days with how accelerated the world is that we live in and our lives, you know, with, you know, just so much going on all the time, just to be still and to be quiet for, I, I just, I think it's really great that you do that. And it's probably pretty positive for a lot of people to, to be able to slow down their lives and to do something like that. Yeah. Um, it definitely brings you back to, to the, your core values of, of when you sit with yourself, you know, it's kind of like meditating in mm-hmm. a way. Yeah. And are you doing like polishing? Are you polishing like the jade on certain pieces or on all your pieces or how does, like, what's the, like the, like the process of it look from taking it from the ocean into yeah, what so- you turn it into. Yeah. So take it from the ocean or a block of jade that I purchased from, you know, other origins like Canada or, you know, Siberia, Russia, Guatemala, all these different places that I, that I do source jade from as well. Taking it from that into a, to a finished product, it takes a number of steps, you know, with a, with a pair of earrings, you know, it's a, a couple hours at least of, of work to, you know, cut the stone, grind into the shape that you want and then polish it and surface it and, and surface it and polish it. I think there's like something like, I think 10 different steps that I have to go through for every pair of earrings. And, yeah. Uh, so it's pretty involved. Um, yeah. It's very involved. And, you know, it takes a, a semi-specialized tooling, you know, lapidary tools or, are you know, grinders and saws that use oil or water to, to kind of um, cool the, the cutting, the cutting tool down. And also yeah. to kind of keep the dust away because the dust can be somewhat dangerous, you know, in, in high and large amounts. Oh, to, to inhale it or something? Yeah. I mean, any, any dust is bad dust, you know, mm-hmm. like construction workers, they have to deal with a lot of dust and jade mm-hmm. carving is not dissimilar to that. So do you wear like some sort of respiratory protection when you're carving? Yeah, sometimes de- depending on, on what stage I'm in, you know, if I'm using a lot of water, I feel, I feel a little more confident about not having to wear a ton of PPE, but um, I think it's smart to wear it always. It just seems like it would be difficult. Have you ever like been working on a piece and, you know, and then maybe you get to a point where if you took too much material off on a certain part of it or whatever, you know, there's like no going back. Right. Yeah. absolutely. You just maybe have to adapt at that point. Yeah, pretty much. I mean, Jade's Jade's perfectly imperfect. Right. And, Mm -hmm. You know, sometimes you'll, you do your best to, to find the best parts of the stone and, and work to the work to what the capability of that part of the stone is or that type of stone. But there's always a time where you, you push a little too far and, and you're grinding it to dust. So you can't really put it back. And, you know, you have to plan around, you know, where you want to be. And sometimes it doesn't work out. There's a fracture that comes up and it breaks off or it shows itself and you have to kind of grind it out of the way. And, you know, it, it's this, this art form is, is constantly adapting to what nature's given you. And it's, it's, it's cool in that way too. It kind of helps to helps with the attachment of the outcome as well, you know? Mm -hmm. And yeah, I mean, some, some Jade I've seen will have like beautiful marbling in it. And does, is the Jade that you find here and on the big surf coast, is that different than some of the jade that you source from different parts of the world that you mentioned, like maybe South America or places like Russia? Oh, absolutely. I mean, there's two types of jade. Uh, one is jadeite, which is the typical Chinese, really high-end, 
bright, bright greens or whites. Um, and it's, it's got a different crystalline structure. Same with the stuff in Guatemala or South Central America or whatever. That stone is also jadeite. Most of the other jades in Canada and Siberia and Big Sur are called nephrite, which is a jadeite is a, is a, like a sugar cube. It's a bunch of crystals that are kind of pressed together and they're, they're really crystalline. It's, it looks like it has little, like, um, like little singular crystals under a microscope. Right. Hmm. And nephrite is a bunch of fine needles that make up plates that are kind of woven together, like, like felting. And so nephrite, I prefer to carve nephrite because it's a little bit tougher. It's a little less predictable than jadeite, but you know, it just, I believe it has a, just a different flow, a different energy to like the, the coloring and the way that it carves. And it's just, that's where my passion lies. But Big Sur Jade definitely has a, a lot of really diverse colors in it. Like it can go from kind of like a, like almost like a lavender gray to a bright green or a white. Sometimes have really beautiful orange staining in it. Oh, that's really cool. Now, when you were saying that the nephrite is unpredictable, does that mean it'll chip easier? I wouldn't say chip easier, but it does have a, a fairly defined grain structure, especially in Big Sur, mm-hmm. where the plates can separate and it gets a little bit chippy. It also just kind of has these, sometimes the, the different minerals inside the stone will kind of create soft spots or have fractures inside of the stone that you couldn't see as you were until you got to that part of the stone or different materials that will show up. And so sometimes you have to adapt to, to what happens in, that, in those moments when you hit a soft spot and it, you know, your tool goes deeper than you wanted it to, or, you know, there's a fracture that shows up and a piece of the stone pops off, stuff like that. Okay. So yeah, when you, when you pull it out of the ocean, you really don't know what you got until you, when you start drilling and making the piece, right. And then you find out more about kind of what it's made up of. And do you attribute how the jade is here locally to the environment that you found it in like our ocean and what it's exposed to geologically i am not educated enough to really know what would make really really good jade and really really bad jade you know uh in one spot or another i i do know that that there is a percentage of really good jade and there's a larger percentage of kind of so-so or poor quality jade just about everywhere you go. And so I think it just has to do with where and how it was formed or, you know, it's, it's formed by a process called subduction. And it's like a cooking process with friction where the, all the plates and the earth are moving and it kind of smushes everything together. And maybe there was a hotter spot or something got cooked a little longer or maybe didn't get cooked enough. And that's kind of how we all liken it to, to the, the qualities of the jade. But to be honest, I, I'm, I aspire to be enough of a, ge- of a, of a armchair geologist to know how it happens, but I haven't quite got there yet. Okay. Thank you. And for all those who are just tuning in, you're listening to the what to be show on KSQD Santa Cruz 90.7 FM. I'm Patrick Hart and I'm speaking with Justin Barrett, who's a jade sculptor. And Justin, one other thing I was wondering is what kind of like what are typical if there are if there are typical hours um are there typical hours that you work yeah i pretty much if i'm not you know diving or or up on my mining claims in the mountains um i work pretty much nine to five you know six days a week i try to take at least one day to relax or go do something fun you know 
but I, the, this process is such a, a long one to, to create one piece or, you know, two pieces, you know, in a week that I, I really try to, to spend as much time as possible working. That's cool. And you mentioned mining claims that you have in the mountains. Do you mind telling us about that? Yeah, I have, I have some, some mining claims where I've, I've staked off the, the mineral rights up in the um, Sierra foothills. And I, I harvest uh, hard rock jade out of there as well and bring it back and offer it to other carvers and, and uh, also carve my own stuff out of it. That is pretty awesome. Do you yield more out of the mountains, like up in the foothills versus the ocean? Like what, where are you finding more jade, would you say? I mean, it's, it's hard to say. The mining claims, there's, there's big veins that, you know, go into the earth. And I, if I had big equipment, I could probably harvest, you know, thousands upon thousands of pounds. Oh my gosh. That's um, a lot, right? Yeah. But in my experience it, with my small operation up there, it's just me and, you know, I bring some help sometimes and, you know, I've brought back quite a bit of stone from there, but again, it's, it's just like anywhere. The, the, the high quality stuff is, is kind of far and few between. It's a very, very small percentage of like carvable quality. Like I would like to carve that type of jade. And there's plenty of stone that's kind of just mediocre, you know, and it, it works. It's, it's not a, a horrible stone. It's just not, you know, um, grade A, so to speak. Okay. And when you're, when you're mining up in the foothills, you know, when I go up there to mountain bike, sometimes I'll see people, I think they're like dredging the river. Is that the process that you use? No, no. So I'm, I'm up on, in a couple of canyons that are above creeks, like seasonal creeks. Okay. But I think over, over millennia, the creeks have worn down the bank enough to expose these outcroppings of jade that had been pushed up during the time when those mountains were being formed. Okay. And so I'm over there, uh, you know, using chisels and hammers and, and breaking uh, chunks off of these outcroppings and then bringing them back and, and cutting them up to see what's inside of them. Cause the, the, the rind on the outside of these stones has been weathered for, you know, probably millions of years where they've been through fire and ice and snow and rain and everything else. And so they, they look really rough and, and kind of uh, hard to tell that they're even jade. And then you bring them home and in the center, there's, there's usually, you know, nice green material that, that we can do stuff out of. Okay. So you definitely need to know what you're looking for because it might be kind of un- unrecognizable. Oh, for sure. And how cool is that to be, to just be up in the Sierras mining, you know, and being in California, that's like a, a throwback, right? Yeah. Yeah. It's pretty cool. It's, it's up there in the gold country. So I see those guys dredging as well. And they're, you know, they seem like they're having a good time and every once in a while we'll stop and talk on the, on the road or something. I've talked to guys that are pulling out, you know, huge gold nuggets. And That's so cool. Super you, intriguing. I, I'd love to try that sometime. For sure. Well, it sounds like you're really into to geology and, you know, to rocks and stuff. So I, I wouldn't be surprised if that's something you ended up doing. What surprised you the most, you know, before you started doing this? To where you are now what surprised me the most was was how easily it kind of became a lifestyle you know from from just a hobby or a passion it, it i i didn't even see it happen it just was uh i needed a certain tool so i made it or bought a tool and modified it or whatever it was and then i needed a different tool to do something else and pretty soon i had all these tools and i had to find a place to put them and then I, the the pile of stones that i had gathered 
was growing as well. And I had to find a place to put those. <laughs> and it just suddenly became, you know, almost like I work for my craft, you know? And, and so I, I never saw myself doing it for a living and, and it, uh, it just kind of became. So I, I, that was definitely surprising for me. That's cool. And if any, or what is like the least favorite or most stressful part of what you do? That's a hard one. I don't think there's a whole lot of stress involved. I mean, surviving as an artist, I think is, is stressful to a point for any right. artist, you know, just hoping that, that you're going to produce something that people want to, you know, give their, give their hard earned money for. Yeah. But uh, it seems to be working. That's pretty awesome. And what about like, what's your most favorite or rewarding part of your job? Oh man, my favorite part by far is, you know, making people smile, like having people enjoy my art so much that, that they, they call me and tell me how much they like it or, you know, how many compliments they got on it or, or just the fact that they love it so much that they, they want to buy it. I mean, that's, that's a huge compliment to me. And it just, it, it gives me all those warm, warm, fuzzy feelings, you know? Yeah, that's beautiful. It must be hard, you know, after you've worked, if you find a beautiful piece and you work so hard on it, I can imagine it must be difficult letting some of those go, right? For a long time, it was. It was one of those things where I, it was a hobby. So I just, I did it for myself and, and not to make money. And, it, you know, it, when people wanted to buy my pieces initially, I was kind of like, yeah, I, I want to keep the best ones for myself. And a good friend of mine, came and, and he was looking at my stuff one day and he asked me like, you know, how, how much are you selling? And I, said, I don't, I don't really sell my stuff. And he said, you know, well, you know, you're an artist and, and that's kind of the point is to allow the world to enjoy your art. And that kind of hit home. And that was, you know, that was quite some time ago, but it was, it was one of those things that it started a, it planted a seed in me and, and it started, I started realizing that, you know, I can't keep it all. And, if somebody wants to buy it and they would enjoy it, it's just going to, it's just going to let that piece, you know, further its journey down the road and, and who knows where it'll end up. You know, maybe someday I'll see it walking down the street and it's actually happened. I, uh, I have pieces come back to visit me from 15 years ago. Oh, that's so cool. What advice or resources could you give to students or people interested in pursuing a career, becoming a Jade sculptor? It's, it's not easy. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, I think if anybody wants to follow their dreams, I think that's the, the ideal answer for this. If, if that's something you dream about doing, then you know, um, I would support that for sure. And as far as resources go, there's not a lot of them out there on jade carving. So just don't give up. Yeah. That's, that's, yeah, that's very good. And what about advice for someone who is unsure about their career path? That's a hard one. I never wanted to know what I wanted to be when I grew up. I just, it just kind of happened. Yeah. And I think that, you know, that's true for a lot of people, you know, people are always, I think society sometimes pushes us into wanting to, you know, to, to do a certain thing or whatever. And that's not oftentimes, or, you know, there's pressure from family or friends and, you know, that's maybe not always what people want to do. And it takes them a long time to like, hopefully to find out really what their, you know, what their path is, you know, their true path. It seems to, to be, you know, one thing I've always believed is that, you know, in life will, your life will take you where you need to be. And, you know, I've, I've tended to trust that good, bad, or indifferent. It seems to be, you know, seems to ring true for my life, especially. Yeah. 
That is pretty cool. And I just, I think what you, what you do is so interesting and I have a lot of respect for it. And especially, you know, for a lot of different reasons, but just being your own person and finding something unique out there to do and, you know, diving, you know, off the coast of California, it's just how amazing is that? And to be diving for Jade and turning it into to art um, and sharing that with the world, uh, you know, it's, it's great. And I just want to thank you very much for taking the time to help, you know, to help us do this interview today. I'm very grateful and I appreciate it, Justin. Thank you. Of course. Thank you for having me. And you can find Justin at his website at justinjade.com. And thank you to all of our listeners for tuning in to today's career story with me, Patrick Hart, on our show, What to Be, with today's guest, Justin Barrett, who's a jade sculptor. If you have any questions or would like to share your career story with us, please send us an email at whattoberadio at gmail.com. If you've enjoyed our show, please join us again at 90.7 FM KSQD Santa Cruz at 7 p.m. on Sundays and streaming online at ksqd.org. Or you can find us on major podcast streaming platforms like Spotify. And please visit our website at yfiob.org for more information about your future as our business. Thank you very much and see you next time.